Guys, we're starting off with a question today. Fill in the blank. What do you think we're talking about? Here's <laughs> here's the riddle. I'd rather go without See, than I, inside I out. I would actually rather go inside out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Me too. Welcome to the Cultivate Podcast. Together, we're cultivating real conversation, real community, real lives. Join Tammy Brown and Melody Workman of Sandals Church as they discuss real issues and empower women to cultivate truth, live out their faith, and connect with a community of kindness. Hey, you guys. This is Tammy Brown, and I'm sitting here with Melody Workman Hello. for the Cultivate podcast. I'm giving it a shot of um, doing the intro today. You nailed it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Where we're having real conversations with real women about real lives. And so we're going to open up today's co- podcast about, I'm going to mouth share about her real life today before we get into how to navigate Yeah, a bunch of the questions you guys sent in, which are super good. Um, and they all tended to fall into one of three categories. So we're going to talk about how to in those categories. But first, let's hear from you, Mel, about your real life today. Real life was showing up at work. And going through my bag and getting out my laptop and all these things and looking down and going, what is that in my bag? And And, and you were talking. And so I was just sitting there going, okay, like I need to, and I'm, (laughs) and you guys, I promise if I said, guess 100 things, you would never. Let's give everyone a moment. Everyone right now (laughs) in your minds, decide what you think was in Mel's computer bag as she showed up for the podcast. All right. You guys have it. You have it pictured. Is it there? All right. Okay, let's go. Continue on. I just don't want you guys to get the wrong idea of my life (laughs) or my habits, but I look in my bag and there is a pair of dirty panties. Dirty (laughs) panties. And I was like, what in the world? How did this happen? And then Tiff and I were like, yeah, what in the world, (laughs) Mel? Well, number one, be grateful I changed them. Which we are. That's where we landed. That's where we circled back to. But I realized that my laundry basket sits next to, in my closet where I hang my bags. So I must have, in a hurry, changing through them. And honestly, it's a great shot. I mean, as a former basketball player, when I think (laughs) about the setup in my closet, the fact that they made it in there, I'm kind of celebrating that feels like winning at something. But it wasn't winning at work to get here and go, let me put my dirty panties back in my What's going to be so funny to me is that you're going to navigate the rest of this day with those in there. <laughs> yeah. I so might, I whenever, might just, however you're listening to this, I just want you to know that this was a real day. And I just life. want you to know that that's real life. And some days, you know what happens? We get off. Our day gets off to a start with dirty panties in our bag, but that's not who we are in Christ. <laughs> we we can still be conquerors. And that that really, you guys, brings us back to the Cultivate podcast and how no matter what, we're going to bring you back to some spiritual <laughs> truth. We've covered breast milk and burritos, dirty and panties I, in our bag, and you know what? God is still for us. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Anyhow, you guys, uh, we asked you guys to send in questions and you did such a fantastic job at that. We appreciate your questions. I mean, the whole point of what we're doing here is to have real conversations about our real lives and what's happening and then always circle back to what God says about it, what God feels about us so that we are all growing into the healthiest versions of ourselves personally, 
spiritually and relationally, which is what is at the heart of Cultivate, the heart for Mel and I. And so we've kind of navigated, narrowed down to one of three buckets that these questions fell into. We share what those are, Mel. Yeah, we've got, um, based on your questions, we kind of narrowed it down to emotional health, which is something every woman is fighting, navigating, figuring out spiritual growth, which we also all have in common and relational conflict. And that can look like a lot of different things based on your season. Um, But we really do want this to be practical and relevant to your everyday lives. It's practical and relevant to our everyday Mm -hmm. lives too. Um, So let's, let's jump in and talk about some of the questions we got kind of around emotional health. Um, you know, one of the things that came up in, in several different ways, the verbiage might have been a little different, but one of the things that we kept hearing questions about were um, giving ourselves grace, loving ourselves like God does. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a pendulum that swings from I need to love myself and prioritize self-care versus I need to surrender and follow God and, you know, I, I should come last and he should come first. And I think sometimes there's a, a tension to manage there. Um, but being kind to ourselves, um, isn't about worshiping ourselves or idolizing ourselves. It's really about understanding our identity in Christ, Mm -hmm. like who God says we are, the body and the mind that in the soul that he's given us to steward while we're on this earth and prioritizing those things aren't wrong. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and one of the things that, you know, going back to one of our episodes of, um, how to not be ridiculous on social media. Mm -hmm. I just want to refer back to that because that is one of the things I think when we, when we just feel overwhelmed with all the things we should be doing. And then we feel that guilt comes in about it. It's because we're watching too much of what's happening everywhere else. Mm. And so, you know, when I'm seeing how you're doing things or this mom's doing this or this mom is doing this or this woman's doing this, she works and has kids and it's all happening or she's in grad school and working like, and then we're, we're comparing to ourselves. Um, that's where that guilt comes in of yeah. everything I should be doing. And the truth is we are not living with any kind of margin mm-hmm. with lack of margin becomes lack, lack of spiritual growth because there's no opportunity for it. Jordan Peterson is an author, speaker, guy that Matt and I really admire and respect. And he recently, in his book, 12 Rules for Life, which is one Matt and I recommend to everybody, but he talks about comparison Mm -hmm. and how the best comparison that should be happening is you to who you were a year ago. Mm. And that's one of the things I think about when it, about emotional health is like, what changes have I made? What growth have I made? When, when I, I know when I'm out of control on comparison mm-hmm. of not being in my Bible, about not exercising, eating right, walk, like binge watching Teen Mom. I'm going to say that <laughs> since that's what everyone already knows. I'm not going to let other cats out of the bag. But, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. And I just feel like, yuck. Mm-hmm. I'm in a bad place with my kids. I'm in a bad place with people. I know that. And a lot of it is because I've left myself no margin. Mm-hmm for it and I'm comparing myself to other people instead of going, hey, you know what? From me last year to this year, I've really dedicated myself to making sure I exercise yep. two to three times a week. Okay, I make sure I'm limiting this. I'm making sure I'm spending time with this people 
And here's another one. Less time with these people. Yeah. Um, I'm making sure that I create margin for God. I'm making sure that I don't say yes to things I should, you know. Mm-hmm. And when I look at me a year ago, then then it's that guilt mm-hmm. and that shame and that like defeat of not growing um, gets better when yeah. I'm comparing myself to me. Yeah. And it's the, I think that we kind of pursue life. We kind of walk through life um, in, in one of two ways. And it's either, it's either a guilt-based approach approach or a grace-based approach. And guilt is I should have, I didn't, um, I'm not good at, I'll never be as, that's all guilt-based. And grace-based is not about what I'm doing or what I haven't done, but what Jesus has already done for me. And because he's already done this for me, he's He's forgiven me. He's rescued me. He's saved me. He's changed me because that's what's true about me. I can pursue all of these other things, not because I'm trying to be as good as you, not because I'm trying to be as good as her or as successful, but simply because this is what I mean to God. Like this is, he sealed my identity the day he gave everything he had for me. Mm -hmm. That's my worth. That's my value. So now because man, if I matter that much to God, if I mean that much to him, if I was worth that much to him, then I'm worth investing in myself. I'm worth spiritual health, physical health. You, you know, you know, you know me better than most people. And that's been my own personal journey this year of just what does it look like to invest in in myself physically and spiritually? Um, in ways that make me a better version of myself. Mm -hmm. And for me, what that meant was exactly what you said. It meant not comparing to so-and-so, not looking at so, not doing what they're doing, but just for me, what works best for me. Mm -hmm. And so I've, I've rearranged, I've redone some things. I've refreshed what it looks like for my time with God every day. Um, I've set goals for four times a week. I'm going to, I'm going to exercise. I'm going to work out. Um, and I'm, and I'm monitoring that progress by thinking, how do I feel? And not just how, not by a scale. I mean, we women everywhere need to hear this. We need to stop being a slave to a number mm-hmm. on something that we're standing on. Mm-hmm. It 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 crushes us. It diminishes us. It ruins us. It's not who we are. We need to be making sure that as stewards of the body, soul, and mind <coughs> that, that Jesus gave us while we're on this earth, we're just taking the best care of that that we can. And that's and, so and much more that's than such a number. And too, because the scale can be, the number can be less and your health can actually be worse. Exactly. You know, I did this like year of training at a training center, which was great. And I actually got super messed up mentally in my mind because I was gaining weight. Now the truth is I was gaining muscle and all of that. But I stopped going because in my mind, I'm like, oh my gosh, I've weighed more than I've ever weighed yep. and that kind of thing. And vice versa, you know, you can be super skinny and be malnourished. Yep. And it, it is just such a bad It's such a deal. bad, yeah. And we get we get trapped in mm-hmm. that. Um, I can't and, do it because it messes with no, me. No, I haven't stood, I haven't gotten on the scale in forever because I'm like, it. I know where my mind will go. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that's a boundary. It doesn't say, I'm not going to get on the scale and do whatever I want. It's the opposite. I'm being actually more disciplined than I have been in a really long time with, with what I'm eating. You guys will be so proud. I'm, I have limited my taco intake by the masses. I mean, 
It's not about me today, but I just want to share that personal victory. Here's a little about you, Mel. We started with the, your bag situation. <laughs> now you're talking. I'm just kidding. It's back to you, Tim. It's back to you. <laughs> I would say this, though, of when I don't, this is what I've learned 45-year-old me would tell younger me is when I don't prioritize self-care, which is where one of these questions, several of these questions actually led to is how do I prioritize self-care, fight the guilt monster? How do I be kind to myself? Two things. When I don't prioritize my self-care, I'm actually terrible to everybody. Yep. I hit a wall relationally, spiritually, Mm -hmm. with kindness. And so... In doing that, um, I am better for everybody else. And I would say that to every mom, yep, to every wife, to every friend. You know, the more you're prioritizing, let's let's marry the two emotional health, spiritual growth, and spiritual health, because they really one is connected totally. to the other. One hundred percent. We I would even throw the physical in there. Like mm-hmm. like it really is the like triad of of a person to make sure that all of those things are a priority to you. You know, Mm -hmm. when I'm not exercising at all, my anxiety and stress is through the roof, which means I'm a monster to everybody, including myself inside. Yep. And so to to detach physical self-care from emotional and spiritual is just, it's not a reality. You might be pretending it doesn't matter, but it matters. The way I eat matters because if I'm only eating junk food, I feel gross. I have brain fog, which is actually like a real medical thing. Um, I'm not making good decisions. I'm not, you know, it's just that I'm not sleeping, which makes me terrible at work, terrible. Like the the cycle of that is so, you, you just can't divorce the emotional, the spiritual and the physical. But I would say this, to the point of being kind to ourselves. Um, This is one of the disciplines I'm practicing at this place in my life is what would I say to somebody else feeling like I feel? Mm -hmm. What would I say to somebody else doing what I'm doing? Like, Mm. like the days where I feel like I, I'm just not, I can't, I can't get it all in. Like I need, you know, what would I say to someone else who's like, I'm stressed. I don't, you know, I would say, say, it's okay to say no to good things. Mm -hmm. You know, we, there's a lot of good things that, and some of them still need to be said no to because we're not superhuman. Yeah. And when we fill up every hour of every day, every moment with all the things, even good things, let's say they're all really, really good. Mm -hmm. It's still to our detriment spiritually emotionally, physically. And that's the thing, you know, at Sandals, we, we've we had to have this balance. I, I've had this conversation with um, a new friend I have. Um, she doesn't go to Sandals. And we just kind of talk church dynamics of like what their church does, what Sandals does. And I've, ha- you know, the conversation of it's a really tricky line to navigate, even with good things. And I consider the church a good thing. Mm-hmm. I want people serving. We're all called to serve. We're the body of Christ. Of why Sandals doesn't have programming every day of the week. Yes. Because there's been seasons where it's like Monday night, people at a small group, Tuesday nights, kid stuff, Wednesday nights, youth group, Thursday nights, this, Friday nights, this, then it's the weekend where our families or our relationships then, mm-hmm. the, the family wasn't together one night a week. Right. You know? And so it's okay to say no to really good things. That is part of self-care. Totally. You know, don't say no to it all. Right. But don't, you know, we have to have margin because then guess what happens? Life. Mm-hmm. You know, some life has happened to us recently. I shared about 
my surgery I had on my mouth and finding all that out. And life had to stop a little and there had to be margin. Yeah. There's been seasons. Now, luckily, I got to have some at that time. But there's been seasons where I'm like, there's there's no... <laughs> There's yeah. no, there's no margin for a bone infection <laughs> that could be detrimental for me. Like bad. We won't even say it. Cause you know, I'm a six on the Enneagram. We're I'm not going to go, go there, there. but yep. it could have been really bad and, um, taking care of that. And yeah. like the self-care piece, we just can't encourage you guys enough to, to really figure out some time where you can sit down and, and if you need to draft it out, like draft it out, look at, here's all the things that are non-negotiables. Like your, your job is not a non-negotiable. If you're a parent, time with your kids is right. is not negotiable. If you're married, time building into your marriage is non-negotiable. And and we had kind of our team um before the podcast started, we we talked about this, which is you know, um I think somewhere else, someone a couple people had written in about how to be a mom um and do it right and do it godly. And my answer to that might be different than what other moms might say, but when I think about the kind of mom I want to be, I actually end up thinking about what kind of woman I want my daughters to be, mm-hmm. what kind of woman I want my son to marry. Mm-hmm. And then I focus on not on the mom I'm trying to be, but it circles me back to what I, who I want to be as a woman. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I'm not sitting my, my girls down and saying like, here's, you guys need to be getting up an hour before school to have a 30 minute quiet time that's broken down like this. Like I've just never been that person to like do the 5am quiet time Mm -hmm. kind of a deal. Um, that's a whole nother podcast at one day of like how, how to have a quiet time with God that we will get to. It is, yeah. it is on the calendar, but, um, or on our list of things we want to cover. But I think about, okay, my kids are watching who I am and that's what matters most to me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they need to see that I'm not telling you to have time with God because it's good for you, but I'm having time with God. Yeah because it's good for me, because I actually believe it matters, mm-hmm. that I'm exercising. They, my, my daughters know I don't love to exercise, but they see me do it, not because I want to, right. because it's good for me, and they know I'm a better person, having worked off some steam yep. and, and just kind of recalibrated physically. You know, they see us try to have boundaries with how we eat mm-hmm. and th- all of that kind of stuff, yeah. um, which... Every parenting book, not every book, studies studies show that kids pick up on what is caught, not what is taught. Yeah. So you could be teaching your kids everything in the world, yeah. but they're going to catch what you actually do. You know, we have a lot of um, people over the years who've come and gone from sandals. After, you know, it's 23 years now. And so people will say like, my adult kid isn't in church anymore, or my adult kid doesn't believe in God or this or that. And we taught them that that was important. Mm-hmm. And Matt and I have a different perspective though, as we could say, it's not about what you taught. It's about what they caught. Mm-hmm. What they caught was sports mattered most. right? And so now when they're in college and they're not going to church anymore, it's because what they caught was we only go to church unless... There's nothing else going on. Yeah. Well, but I taught my kids to value God and that he matters more than anything. But what they caught was God was a last resort Mm -hmm. when the crap hit the fan. And now we need a miracle because we've ruined our lives because we just live for ourselves. Like, yeah, that's what I want. That's, that's where I want to go with this, that piece on 
on why it matters so much of it doesn't matter what you want to teach your kids. Your kids are going to model your behavior. So if you have a problem with anger, if you mm-hmm. have a problem with lust, with greed, with lying, with dis- self-discipline, whatever, that's what your kids are going to catch. Yeah. yeah. So the more self-care, the more pursuit of being the healthiest version of yourself personally, spiritually, relationally, that's the best kind of mom that you're ever going to be. Yeah. That's the best kind of friend you're going to be. It's the best kind of spouse you're going to be because it's the woman you're choosing to be. And I think one of the things that we have to remember is at every stage of life, what it looks different. Um, I have capacity to do things now that I didn't when my kids were really small. Mm-hmm. But what, you know, I said this at our gathering in March, we figure out what we care about. So when it's, when I care about this, yeah. I figure out how to make it happen. For me, practical, practically speaking, um, I canceled my gym membership because I could not be faithful to that several times a week and do all the other things I have to do. So I had to figure out how to work out at home. Um, things about eating, you know, I realized when I would eat certain things or, you know, drink certain things, it would irritate me. So I had to say, okay, I have to say no to that. You know, I have to, you have to set boundaries. Um for in marriage, you know, when my kids were little, we had, we didn't have as many opportunities to go out and to do things. So we had to prioritize what that looked like. Mm-hmm. But my encouragement to you is, you know, Tammy and I could sit here and go nitty gritty. Here, here's what you do. Set your alarm. That's not really what we're about or what we're do or what we do. Or what works. Yes. But what, what, for the is, most part, what for we're everybody. saying to you is you will figure out what you <clears throat> care about. Mm-hmm. So if you care about your wellness, spiritually, physically, and emotionally, then you'll spend some time figuring out how to how to pursue those things mm-hmm. in a way that works for you because you alone know your life. And to hearken back to something, hearken, that's an old timey word. Circle back. I'll go with circle back. Let me I just move away from hearken. hearken. What does yeah. hearken mean? Asking know. for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> don't ask the friend who just said so it. Smart just melody. <laughs> Circle no circling back. I think I thought about this. Someone said to me some, you know, one time about writing a book and I said, if I wrote a book, I think it would be about forsaking formulas. Because I think that what's mm-hmm. happened in American Christianity in general is we've we've sold a lot of books and we made a lot of money and we've had a lot of conferences mm-hmm. giving people formulas. <clears throat> if you want to get this, you need to do this. Buy my book, come to my conference, sit here. And the truth is there is no formula that solves a lot of problems. Now that's not to say, yes, if you save your money, like clearly those things, but if you do this with your kids, they're guaranteed. If you, there, yeah. it, it doesn't work that way. What we have to be um, surrendered to while we're on this earth is that um, in the end, we win. If, you, mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're a follower, if you're a believer of Jesus, in the end, we win. And until then, we're doing the best we can to follow after him and to live in his love, to give his love away. But there is no surefire. If you do this, mm-hmm. this is what will happen. And so we have to relinquish that control. And I think that's that's where it gets messed up. That's why we get those questions of like, um, whereas I'm looking through all the questions, but h- how do I bring my faith and devotion back when it feels like I'm slipping away? It's because we ha- we're pre-wired with that there's these formulas and then they're un- doable. Mm-hmm. They're unmanageable. They're unrealistic. We don't do them. And then it, it's attached to our faith mm-hmm. and somehow, yeah. you know, um, and, and that's just that, that part. But part of what you said is coming from the assumption that everybody 
is doing it better, has it together. No, is wanting to. Mm -hmm. And and here's what I would add to what you said is this. We have one life on this earth. It's not, life is either going to happen to you or you are going to be intentional with your life. Mm. And that's just sort of how Matt and I have tried to navigate even our marriage our parenting, our relationship with each other, our ministry life is, okay, not being ruled by every single thing that comes up in the moment. And then we're five years down and we're like, where did, how did we end up here? Mm. But saying, here's the things that matter most to us. You know, people in ministry said like, what, you know, what, what does success look like? Is it when Sandals gets a thousand? Sure. 5,000, 10,000, 20,000, you know, whatever. That's a tricky thing and and it it has swayed us and Matt and I had to sit down a few years ago and say what does it actually look like at the end of all this mm. success for us looks like we have three children that first of all that we're married at the end of all of this mm-hmm. you know how rare that is in ministry couples yeah. in this day and age it's really rare um if if Sandals Church is a gigantic success but Matt and I's marriage falls apart it will have been for naught yeah if i you know, that our kids love Jesus. Mm-hmm. So they, they, our kids have been raised, all the programs at Sandals, yada, yada, yada. What's mattered most to them is them watching that Matt and I mm-hmm. love Jesus most. Yeah. At the end of all of this, that our kids have a heart for the church, a heart for people, love God. That's, that's a success. Mm-hmm. If, if Sandals Church runs a bazillion people, but our kids think the church is a joke, not for them and whatever. And, and all that to say deciding what matters most to us has given us intentionality into yeah. where we live our life without intentionality to do the things that you just said, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's all for naught. Your life is going to spin out of control Yep. and you're going to say, where's God? My faith has slipped away. Mm-hmm. And, and I think God would say, where have you been? Mm. You know? And so to that question of, you know, how do I bring my faith and devotion back when it feels like it's slipping away? I would say this, we're all on that cycle all the time. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah. Totally. Like there's days where I'm like, where's my faith? I don't, I don't believe in anything. I don't believe in anyone. Everybody, like, I don't have faith that people want to do the right thing, want to love well, whatever. I think that's a daily surrender to it God is. of, but again, that word daily of, mm-hmm. of what matters to you. You know, this world is saying, live in the moment, do more of what makes you happy, whatever. And I think we would say, remember, keep a kingdom perspective. Mm-hmm. This life is, we're passing through. There's an end to it all. Like you said, we win in the end. Yep. Um, that's if you're on, on our team. Right. Not everybody. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, John 3, 16. But also to just keep, what matters most? If you don't think about what matters most for you, the world's going to tell you what matters most. Money, big house, big car, doing fun things, vacationing all the time. But I have to remember what we're doing matters. How we live our life matters. All of us, how we live our life matters. Every person listening, I want you to hear this, how you live your life matters. Mm -hmm. And so... Do thing be about things that matter. Yeah, and that comes down to your daily decisions. How we live is how we function in in the moment, in a minute, in the hours, in in like it. That's what it all boils down mm-hmm. to. And you know, I've had conversations with women over the years. I'm sure you have too, where people have said, and I felt this way. I, I feel disconnected from God. I feel like you know, there's something between us. 
And my response to them and my response to myself is, how much time are you investing in Mm -hmm. the relationship? The thing about God is he's steadfast and he's immovable. Mm -hmm. He doesn't ever walk away or turn or turn away or get too busy or it's, it's us. We, we choose to either move closer to him or to move further away. And so if -hmm. you're a woman out there and you're kind of feeling that disconnect, and I would say make a conscious decision today to do something, to move closer in his direction. Mm -hmm. For me, sometimes that looks like my mind can do a spiral really fast and, and I can get into a really dark place. And a lot of times for me, it's worship music that settles my heart and mm-hmm. my mind um, because I'm thinking about what I'm listening to mm-hmm. and that redirects my thoughts into a healthy, um, positive, God-honoring direction. Um, sometimes it, it it brings me to tears because I realize this is what I've been thinking about and this is, who I've, this is how I've been behaving and yet God still loves me and yet God is still for me and yet God forgives me. And that kind of breaks me and moves me back in his direction with, man, God, forgive me for for moving away, but thank you for receiving me and embracing me despite all of the things, because he knew all my spiral thoughts. Mm-hmm. He knew, you know, mm-hmm. and knowing all that, that you still choose me. And I think that's what we have to remember is at the end of every day, regardless of what we chose during that day, regardless of how we messed up or got it wrong, he chooses us again and again and again, and he will always choose us. And like, I love in second Corinthians 12, nine and 10, just, I think it's something that we can kind of soak in. Um, Paul writes this, he says, my grace is enough. Just right there. My grace is enough. It's Mm -hmm. all you need. And my strength comes into its own in your weakness. And once I heard that, this is from the message, I was glad to let it happen. I quit focusing on the handicap, all the things that we do wrong, all the things that we don't get right, and began appreciating the gift of his grace. It was a case of Christ's strength moving in on my weakness. Now I take limitations in stride and with good cheer. These limitations that cut me down to size, abuse, accidents, opposition, bad breaks, relational conflict, you know, emotional unhealth, all the things we're talking about. I just let Christ take over. And so the weaker I get, the stronger I become. That is, that's the root. That's the Mm -hmm. center. Who I am in Christ, I surrender to him. I pursue him. And he gives me the grace and the strength I need to be the woman that he wants me to be. That's so good. I mean, God's word. Yeah. Is always. (laughs) So good. So good. Yeah. But here's the thing. When we're not in it. We don't know that. We don't know it. Yeah. And. And that's just what I want to encourage you guys to do. I love how you said, like, if you're in that place, which you've been in that place, I've been in that place, we've talked about that place together, of just, like, pick up where you left off. Yeah. That's, that's like, one of the best things about God. Mm-hmm. Like you said, that He's immovable, is that today can be a reset for you. Yes. It's as simple as quieting yourself, mm-hmm. getting alone somewhere, and just saying, God— how I've been doing it isn't working. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm spiritually dehydrated. Yeah. You know, I like draw me close. Mm-hmm. Open up the Bible. Decide. Like this year, I decided I'm just going to read through mm. the the New Testament again. And because I think I've read every book in the New Testament, but not just like one after the other. one after the other. Yeah. And so. What God has done for me this year as I'm doing this is he reminds me that I don't have to open his word and be like, you know what? I'm feeling very whatever today. I need to research Mm -hmm. what 
chat, what verse to, to fix what I'm feeling, but that no matter where I end up landing that day, you know, it's going to be wherever I am, yeah. right? I'm not picking it. It's just the next chapter mm-hmm. speaks to what you're going through and in the craziest of ways. I it just know. speaks to where I'm at. It speaks or it's, it's preemptively speaking to something I don't even know is going to happen that day mm. or a situation that's going to come up. And so I would just say, just get in the word, mm-hmm. decide I'm going to read Proverbs. I'm going to read Psalms. I want to grow God. I want to be reminded of your love for me and your good, the goodness of your word and how it, how it hydrates my soul. Yeah. Because as women, I think at the end of the day, women struggle with the hydrated souls. Totally. That's what I always say. My book would be if I wrote a book. Your book's going to be <laughs> Forsaking Formulas. Forsaking Formulas. Mine's going to be The Dehydrated Soul because we do so much. We nurture so much. We carry so much responsibility, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the day, we're completely dehydrated. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the only hydration for that is God's word saying, I'm enough. Yep. I'm I'm the living water. Yep. <laughs> you know, I quench the thirst. And that's the thirst of life. And um we don't get to we don't we don't get to decide how that works. God's already decided and it's so good. And so I just want to encourage every woman out there, you can reset today. Yeah. And and draw near to God today and begin again. Yeah. And receive the grace that he has for you to take that next step. Like whatever that is, there's, there's always whatever God is moving you to do. He's giving you the grace for, mm-hmm. he's giving you the strength for mm-hmm. you're not, he's not saying, well, best of luck, you know, go out there and do the best you can. He's saying there's grace at the end of that journey. There's grace every step of the way. So receive it, walk in it, live in it. Um, he's just good. He's, he's so And that good. reset with God too, it forces us to really um, see what we believe. Do we believe his grace is enough? Right. Do we believe his forgiveness is enough? You know, um, just happened right now, like Sandals is going through the book of Galatians. And this last week, the message was like, I think on chapter four, I don't know. It's 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 kind of jumping around the first few, but about back to the gospel. Mm-hmm. And someone had said, well, what does that just really mean? What it really means is all this other stuff. Do we believe that it, right. that it went to the cross on our behalf. Yeah. Do we really believe that we're heirs mm-hmm. of God? Do we really believe that we have freedom? Yeah. Freedom to say, oh man, this is, you know, I, I love that idea of we're free from the law of the old way. <clears throat> but what we're really free from is the law cementing our rightness with God. Mm-hmm. That's what we're free from. We're not free from consequence of the law. Right. Um, we're not free from you know, not having to do it. It doesn't, it's not license to do whatever we want now, but that's kind of the tricky place where I, over the years, just see people and experience myself is when I'm usually the farthest from God, it's because I've given myself license to Mm -hmm. be unkind to people, which really just eats our own souls up, right? Is the truth at the end of the day, because it separates us relationally and it makes us feel crap. Yep. (laughs) Like, I just can, it just makes us feel so crappy. But also when I'm not spending time with him, when I'm just, you know, or when I'm making my world happen Mm -hmm. without him at all. And then I'm like, where are you guys? You're so far. And he's just like, I I have this mental picture of him. He's like, uh, still right over here. It's like, you you know, (laughs) where have you been? Right. Um, 
But what what do you really believe? Mm-hmm. And and this is a good opportunity for everyone to go, what do I really believe? And this world is working overtime at night while you're sleeping, when you're awake, when you're not looking. Let me just tell you this for sure, to confuse you yeah. and to distract you. Distraction is our biggest enemy. Mm-hmm. And the more you're distracted with, like I was, like like seeing everybody I know, which it feels like everybody, I'm making it up. Everybody I know on vacation after vacation after vacation on Instagram. You know it ain't me. The truth you is, know it ain't me. <laughs> <laughs> the truth is it's not really like that. It just feels that way because it's picture after picture right. after picture of, you know, that happening. And, and I, everybody needs that rest. It's exactly that self-care I'm talking about. But I'm just like, the more I'm focused on the wrong things, mm-hmm. what everyone else is doing, I don't know what's going on in all these people's lives. I don't know what, you know, instead of celebrating that, instead of I'm focused on being distracted, yeah, which is what social media does. Totally. And life does. Yeah. And the enemy does. It's just distracting us when we're distracted. We're the most at risk in our relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And so I, I would encourage you guys to to really think today after you're done with this podcast about how, like, not are you distracted? I guarantee you are. Yeah. What What's distracting you right now from believing, God, from believing God loves you? Mm-hmm. What's distracting you from, how, I don't have time to read my Bible. I don't have time to whatever. What's distracting you? Mm-hmm. You know, because what distracts you is keeping you from being emotionally healthy. Right. It's keeping you from spiritual growth. And it's, it's probably creating relational conflict in your life. And so... And we don't ever view distraction as... Like if you... If I said, hey, list the biggest, baddest sins, distraction wouldn't be on the list. Mm -hmm. It would be all these other things. But distraction is the gateway to to all of those other things. Yeah. It's like like the, the subtle tool the enemy uses to keep us from ever becoming the version of ourselves that God wants Mm -hmm. us to be. So that's why having eyes and ears that are alert and aware of of what those things are for you, how how you get sideways and understanding them is the key to gaining victory in some of those areas of our lives because we have to understand what are the triggers? Like how did I how did how do I get there? And listen, this is just a side note, it's free. You it's not I'm not in charge you for all, it. all of this is free actually. Yeah. Uh, that's <laughs> exactly right. This is freer. Um I want to challenge somebody who who takes social media breaks from time to time, which is good to do and, and all those things. Um what I would challenge you with is when you when you take something away, you need to replace it with something else. So if you're if you're just like, hey, I'm gonna step off of that's great. Step off and step into a longer, more disciplined time with God. Mm-hmm. Step away from that and then step into um, exercise or community or connection. Um, because one of the things that we don't think about enough is that isolation is one of the things that the enemy uses to, to destroy and to, to destroy us. So solitude with God is really good. Isolation um, can actually work against us. Yeah. So our minds go crazy. Yes. It's what you're thinking about and what you're doing in place of those things that you've stepped away from um, that really matters that we need to, we need to be disciplined about as well. We've kind of already talked about this. We've weaved it in. We've covered a lot on emotional health and spiritual growth in that just 
random conversation, but I'm going to, I want to move in specifically to relational conflict yeah. really quick. Um, a lot of questions came in about relational conflict um, in our groups. If you haven't, if you wrote in about re- relational conflict and hard people in your small group, I would encourage you to go back and listen to um, our episode on how to not be weird and be in group. Cause we, we do cover a lot of that, mm-hmm. but um, difficult relationships with difficult people at church. Let me, I just want to tell you who's at church. People, <laughs> broken people yeah. who want to do better though, who do, who do believe there's a better way and that God loves them. And, um, and just remind people to not divorce yourself from being hard as well. Cause we're all hard in our own way. Yeah. What's hard to us about other people, what's hard about us, you know, it just means it's different than that. But I want to, I want you to speak to this Mel. Um, how to how to navigate relational conflict with past hurts or toxic relationships that can be families, in-laws, how to mm. set boundaries and friendships, um, how to have hard conversations or how to move forward in kindness. I mean, I'm I'm really lumping a lot of questions in together. Yeah. Um, how to move forward in kindness um when there's been past hurt. hurt, brokenness, and now you have to have a new kind of boundary and you don't, I mean, you and I talk about this all the time yeah. with me about, you know, oh my gosh, you, everybody heard me, if you haven't heard me say this, but I've said it before at Cultivate, which is, I have this like, what about Target? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is what, what do I want this to look like in Target in a year from now when I run into this person that, okay, so we've hated each other. We've blown up, we've broken up, ugh, but now it's, I'm in Target. And yeah. they're in Target and it's like, hey, we hate each other, even though we say we're Christian, blah, blah, blah. And so I think that's something I I do now is I say, what do I want this to look like in Target? And in the moment, I try to steer my relationships towards that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you have thoughts on this and you've really helped me on that. So so what do you do with someone that's like, okay, our friendship can't look the same. Okay, I can't operate in this relationship with a family member or in-laws or whatever the same how, like what, how would you speak to how to navigate that with relational conflict? Well, I'm raising, well, you know this and you've raised two girls. I'm raising, um, my daughter's going into middle school. So she has friend drama every day. <laughs> it's like, I wait, she gets in the car and I wait to hear who it was, what happened, how she navigated you it, the whole thing. do not miss middle school. <laughs> oh my gosh. We're, <laughs> we're just getting in there. So, um, but because of things that I've learned over my life and you know, as well as I do in ministry, it gets harder because as a pastor's wife, everyone, you're expected to be nice and kind and friends with everybody. Mm-hmm. And so it felt wrong to establish boundaries in places. Mm-hmm. And until I started to think through what that actually meant and what the outworking of that was. Um, so a little phrase that I've taught my daughter, which I think is is really good for women everywhere, is pursuing how to be friendly, but not friends with everybody. Mm-hmm. So we shouldn't feel bad. I'm gonna, I just want to take a minute. Friendly? How to be friends. friendly. But it doesn't mean you have to be friends. friends. And there's a big difference and it can be really healthy. So yes. I want women to just like think through that phrase before you elaborate. Okay, go. Friendly, not friends. And I think what, what separates those is I can show kindness to everyone. I don't have to be connected with everyone. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the separator. I can show kindness to everyone, but I don't have to be connected with everyone. That's friendly, not friends. Now, some people say, well, then is that inauthentic? No, it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, God made me a specific way. He made you a specific way. And so there's personalities and friendships that just, they work. 
they're, they, they work. There's, there's connection. You don't have to work at it. Um, and you know, one of the funny things about this is when we've counseled couples that are dating and thinking about marriage and you've done the same, um, if they don't feel like a, like a, an affinity and like a strong connection, we don't go, well, no, keep pursuing it. No, we go, okay. Make it work. Right. Yeah. We would never say that no. to a couple that clearly no. doesn't work. Right. But with with women, with friendships, sometimes we're like, keep pursuing. You don't have to. You don't have to pursue. But that doesn't mean you're unkind. It's almost like we've created this dichotomy. If I'm not friends, then I don't like. That's, that's not true. Mm-hmm. We can pursue kindness just because the value of somebody is traced back to their creator. Mm-hmm. God made her. That's I really can be good. kind to her. God made her doesn't mean I have to bring her into my life, into you know all those things. Now, the tricky part is when one person's like, we can be friendly, but not friends. And the other person's like, let's be friends. Now it's like, ooh, okay, how do we navigate that? Well, I want to go back to something that Lisa Bevere said um, which she talked about kindness being courageous, mm-hmm. um, kindness not being passive, um, kindness that's courageous. It, it does hard things. It has mm-hmm. hard conversations. Um, I've something that I've said before in in context of relationship is I love you and I'm for you. Um, in this season of my life, I'm being aware of, of what I need and what's best for me, what's good for me. I want you to do the same. And if I have to draw a line or a boundary that this friendship isn't one of those things, that doesn't mean that I don't love you and I'm not for you. And I can genuinely be for you and not live in close proximity with you. Mm-hmm. And and I think what it comes down to, friends, is that we just don't want to have the hard conversation that that requires. So we don't. So we make excuses. And, and rather than pursue a hard conversation, we invite things that are toxic and not good for us and mm-hmm. dysfunctional when it might require a boundary, it might require a hard conversation. And when conversation. we don't have that conversation and all that toxic stuff comes in, it tends to be the blow up. Right. And now we're enemies, which is the Bible speaks so much to what that should look like among women. Yeah. I would say this though, uh, along those lines, I would add that there a uh, wisdom goes into this. Yes. And prayer time, thought time, maybe you pull someone who is safe and wise in your life. Um, because this doesn't mean every person you're like, you know what, that you're Mm-mm. like, you know what, I need to have a conversation with you and let you know that when they were right. like, I was, I didn't know I was good. You know, there, there is something, there is a part too that can look like we don't need to have that conversation. Not always. I'm not right. saying not always, because I think that is, and that's the case where you're like one friend super pursuing and why aren't we? And why isn't this? And da, 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 da. And you're like, okay, now it's time for that. Yeah. But, but there are just people that you don't need to say to them, like, you know what? You're not good for me in my life right now. Kind of, video. <laughs> you know it. And that's where kindness, actually the rubber meets the road when it comes to kindness is I can be really kind to you. I can be really nice to you. Um, but I limit how much and what I share, how much I respond, how much time I'm giving yep. um, and all of that kind of stuff because you don't need to tell every person you don't like that you don't like them. No. You don't have to <laughs> tell every person. And I know that's not what you were saying. No. But that that's unkind. It's divisive. It's mean-spirited. It, it is toxic in its own way. And the other side of that too is that people either say everything or they suppress everything. Right. They're stuffing on the inside and they're smiling. And I, I think that 
you know, one of the things that we have to remember is inauthenticity is never spiritual. Mm-hmm. Inauthenticity is not a spiritual value. It's, I mean, our yeah. value is being real. So if you're stuffing and suppressing and smiling, you're being inauthentic. I say this too. I've had this conversation with my girls because they're like more, they can, they can tend to be more like me where I'm like more aggressive in if there's a conflict or hard conversation. And they'll say, well, but now the problem is me that I was aggressive because they, they didn't say anything, but instead the passive aggressive, the silence, that's its own version of, of what, like what you're saying yeah. of what that looks like is, is when you stuff, it actually still comes out. It mm-hmm. looks different, but it, it's equally as mean. Yes. It's equally as hurtful. Um, and it, it's definitely equal as sinful. Yeah. So I'm not saying don't have a conversation to stuff it. I'm just saying we don't have to have, a, you don't have to tell everyone that you don't like or that you don't want to be close with. You don't, you just don't have to be close with them. Right. And you can know why and nobody else needs to know why. And you don't need to tell all your girlfriends. Well, you know why I'm not friends with Susie? Sorry, Susie. But because <laughs> Susie's like our token. <laughs> Susie, you don't need to say it. You can just know. Yeah. If, if, if your heart gets bitter and mean and judgmental and your thought process is horrible about someone and you know they're going to be somewhere and you don't have to, like you can make some internal personal choices and then you can be very friendly. And let's just, let's just yeah. be real. <laughs> let's. <laughs> Let, we should be praying more than we're processing. Everything is always like, well... <laughs> Hey, Dude, I, just, Matt I just rang the debrief <laughs> bell for that because that's just that that's for me. That's oh gosh, there's so many times where I've processed with you so many times when I should have been praying. Sorry. <laughs> Real confessions with Melanie Tammy. Same, same, same for me. Yeah. I'm not saying that like as a you should be. I'm saying we should be. And and what that simply means is, is if you have a person in your life who you really struggle with, if you have a, a relational conflict with an in-law or a spouse or a friend, and, and it is, it's a source of angst for you, then my challenge to you is how often are you praying about that? How, how often are you asking God for wisdom mm-hmm. and discernment and how you navigate it? How, how often are you praying good for that other person? Right. You know, we, we, we just have to be, you know, um, Ephesians 4 um, says this, uh, it says, no prolonged infancies among us, please. Will not tolerate. Can we read that again, please? Yes. No prolonged infancies among us. Um, we've said this before in Cultivate. Spiritual infancy should be where we start, but not where we stay. Yeah. We're moving on. Um, and it says, we take our lead from Christ, who is the source of everything we do. He keeps us in step with each other. His very breath and blood flow through us, nourishing us. That goes back to why we're in his word. It nourishes us so that to borrow one of your favorite so that, phrases, well, we will grow up healthy in God. Healthy people have healthy relationships. Mm-hmm. Sometimes healthy people have to navigate Which with links unhealthy back to people. That personal care yeah. and spiritual growth. Yep. That I mean, we just can't. It links right back to that. Healthy people do have healthy relationships and healthy boundaries, yep. and have much less. I'm mean, not that their conflict is real in every relationship everywhere, no matter how healthy you are. Yeah, but the to the degree of it, right. and to the outcome of it, is where you know if someone's healthy or not healthy. Yeah. you know, and all of this in that prayer time that you're talking about is 
you know, and what is my part, God? Mm. What am I doing to feed this? Is it because I've allowed such lapse boundaries? That's not on them. That's on me. That's right. on you. That's on whoever. Right. You know, I've done that recently and gone, man, I'm all like stirred up about something. And I'm like, I forgot to have a good boundary there. That's not their fault. Yeah. They're not in charge of my boundaries. They're not in charge of my emotions, in charge if I'm okay. I am. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, all of this, like you said, less processing, more prayer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and processing with God through prayer is yeah. is huge. Um, we got so many questions about so many things and, and I, we don't want to take up your whole day, but um, I do want to ask you about something in particular because this, this question came in and it's, it's kind of Enneagram related. Oh. And so you're the Enneagram queen. Oh, I didn't see that one. Um, so this question came in about parenting um, through a child's anxiety. Mm. So they have a, a young child, very sensitive, breaks down with correction. Uh, the mother, I'm assuming, is loud. So he's afraid of getting in trouble. He wants things just so. Um, oh, she's one. Dad's a six. So that's, you know, you're okay. familiar, really mm-hmm. familiar with those. Um, how to speak truth into and over him and help him without his mom's eight. Amen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> breaking his spirit. I'm breaking her spirits. Okay. I'm breaking her stuff. So what's, how does she navigate that with a child who's struggling um, with that sensitivity and breaking down with correction, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I love, I applaud that you realize that your kid is very sensitive um, I would say to think through, like having a lot of six in me, a lot of one in me, I, I would encourage you and the dad, mm-hmm. I think it's to yeah, the think dad's through a six. probably your own dynamic you're bringing into correction with the kid. Uh, ones, I have like 98% unhealthy one in me. <laughs> so I, this is not to you. It's, it's what I know is true about me is ones when we're not careful, correct everything has to get it right the bar is so high and the grace is so minimal mm, the bar is high that's the grace hard, is low that's that's hard for kids for you i have 3 kids who will cheer and applaud and shout amen when i tell you that's it's really hard for kids to mm. feel like they can't get it wrong if they do ever there's a consequence because kids are kids and 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 ones here's what i found true to be about me ones expect little people to be where we're at as big people mm. <laughs> like i've had 45 years to become where i'm at in the good ways yeah but i'm like making my 12 year old like understand life and do and do, get it right you yeah. know the other thing about ones and i'm i'm going to get to the six and and then to the blending of those the other thing about ones is this that what we deem right is pers- like may not be what everyone deems as right. Mm. You know, there is a truth. There is a biblical truth. There, there is some of that, but there is also, uh, you know, it can be subjective. Yeah, and ones tend to dig in hard on how they think things should be, mm. and everybody else better get that right. But other styles on the enneagram, other people, and then you throw in what that person's parents were like, how they could never get it wrong. And if I didn't get it wrong, you're not getting it wrong, kid. You know, like, yeah. um, isn't the same of, the the shoulds of a one are not the same shoulds of every other style in the Enneagram. That's so important. And so mm. for that one to say, have I made it safe for my kid? 
to be flawed, mm. to get it right, to grow. And and it becomes less about the discipline and more about the growing. Have I made it safe you know? for my kid to be flawed? Yeah. And, Write and, that down. And I didn't do yeah. that for my girls. I'll tell you that. I did not do that. And I'm seeing the effects of that. You're whooping my that. butt right now. Just so you know, I'm like, sorry, kids. Um, Enneagram is where I'm like, come alive right now on this podcast. Okay, now let's go to the six. The six, anytime a kid's doing something, like whenever my kids, as as the six in me, which is my primary style and how Mm -hmm. I approach life, is my kid did something once, I've gone 10 years down the road and 10 times worse down the road of what that turns into. Like my kid had an attitude, I'm like, they're going to become drug addicts and <laughs> homeless and yeah, whatever. Like I've gone to worst case scenario when it was really like they retired and needed a sandwich. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, the that six fixes goes, most of my problems. The six goes to worst case scenario and it typically leaves the same universe as the actual incident. Mm. It becomes who are you as a person, as a whole, as an adult, as a whatever, instead of in the moment. Yeah. And what we do is we pile on all of this worst case scenario to something that maybe was never that way. Mm -hmm. Okay, when the one and the six collide, think of a watercolor. This is what that looks like. All the fear of everything that could go wrong, which then takes away from the perfection of how it should be. The bar for that is impossible for people. And I say this because one and six are my, my both of my highest. And yeah. my family has suffered from that so deeply. Hmm. I'm untangling that from my adult daughters the best I can right now. My apologies have been have been great of just like, I'm sorry that you never felt like you could have a voice because my fear would kick in mm. and and it would squash your voice. And then I was so afraid that one in me of what everyone would think of us if we didn't do things the way we should, Yeah, you know, um, it's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. So you take that, think about that. Think about the six, like what could go right? Mm. What if it just is the moment? Take about the one is, you know what? You don't have to be perfect kid. I'm not. Yeah. A ton of people aren't. Like to really in the styles, try to become your healthiest version. So you mix that with a kid who might be prone to mm. a lot of emotion anyway. I don't know your kid. We don't, we, we really um, advocate to not type kids. Yeah. Rather to be curious. I see a lot of strong personality. Maybe they have a lot of three, a lot of eight in them. Mm -hmm. They're very driven, a lot of three, a lot of seven, a lot of eight. They're very fearful. They might have a lot of six in them. We don't say they're a six. We say they might have. Yeah. Sixes are the most prone to anxiety. So here what I would ask the mom who's a six, are you projecting your anxiety onto your kid? Mm. Because we are, sixes, we're the the most anxious on all of it. Mm. What if your child has a lot of four in them, a lot of emotions up, down, all around? I mean, fours, young fours, especially kids who have a lot of four in them, they can hardly handle their emotions. Adult fours can barely handle all the the feeling. God gave them all that. Mm. So pile on fear and anxiety onto all the emotions. Yeah. One, have to get it right, right? So now the kid has to get it right has all the anxiety of getting it wrong. So then, and ones tend to do this. It's because of what we believe about what ourselves we project onto others. Mm -hmm. Ones believe if I do something bad, I am bad. Now you have a kid. 
I'm having to correct and discipline you. You've done something bad. The kid is, I am bad. And now I'm anxious because I don't know how to, like. Yeah. And so I would say this to the six and the one, you probably need to relax. Mm. You need to relax on what could go wrong. You need to relax on getting it wrong and figure out a strategy to start with. I love you. We're not at risk because, because kids get, remember we taught what's caught, not, I mean, yes. kids are, get what's caught, not what's taught. They're catching the anxiety. Mm-hmm. They're catching the one needs to be perfect. Yeah. They're, they're not even knowing who they are yet because all of our stuff is what's clothing them. Pray, you know, as adults, that's what I kids. say to people is we want to untangle your family of origin. You are this kid's family of origin right now. Mm. So a lot of what they're carrying to some degree you're putting on there. Yeah. And so maybe just to think about like if the kid feels at risk of your love, if they don't get it right. And, and most of the time fear, anger is a secondary emotion to our fear. We get mad because yes. we're actually afraid. That's me. To like, okay, how do I come in and go, we love you. You're, you're doing so good in all of these ways. And instead of the approach of, I don't know what the approach of discipline looks like. I didn't get that part in the question, but to, to point out what you're doing right and why whatever they're doing wrong is actually um, detrimental to them either personally, spiritually, or relationally. Like, hey, if you act like this to people, it's not because I'm afraid we don't look perfect, the one yeah. and the six combo. You know, it's when you act like that, we're just worried that, mm-hmm. you know, when you treat other people that way, it's going to make you not have friends. And I know your heart's to have friends, mm-hmm. you know, kind of a deal. And so the first thing to do is to realize what they're putting on their kid. And I tell you, that anxious kid, the one and the six is the recipe on the Enneagram for anxiety. <laughs> I live it. It's inside me all right. the time. Like Matt's, Matt jokes, he's going to put on my tombstone, finally relaxed <laughs> as long as the dishes are done. <laughs> like, because I should get everything done, that one in me. And then the anxiety of, of the six never relaxes. And so I would guess, and That's this good. is going to be hard to hear, but I would guess that your kid's feeling a lot of what you guys are mm, projecting. Are projecting. You don't know it because it's who you are. Mm-hmm. And that's why the Enneagram is such a good tool for us to help us become the healthiest versions of ourselves. Yeah. Well, pick um, your battles on what you you bust your kid on, that one. Yeah. They don't need to be busted on every single thing. That's just going to create anxiety. Totally. And sixes, keep it in the moment. Don't project of the fear of everything of worst case scenario of what your kid's going to grow up to be. So, Golden. On that note. I love me some Enneagram. Yes. Well, (laughs) on that note, um, some of you have asked about um, authors and books and trustworthy people to read and learn from. Um, so Tammy and I are just going to throw up some of our favorites on our mm-hmm. website. Um, not like sit here and talk through them now. Right. Um, so that you guys have some, even some of the things that we talked about today. I know that Tammy's got lots of great Enneagram books she could recommend. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's an incredible book about boundaries um, that I'll, I will put up there as well. And just just other tools and resources for you guys as, as you're growing um, and pursuing what what God wants what God wants for you and who He wants you to be. So um, we'll we'll put that up there soon. Um, we didn't get to every question, so we'll do a part two of of this podcast mm-hmm. um, sometime. You know, sometime soon. Oh, this could be ten thousand podcasts of how right. to navigate emotional health, spiritual growth, and, and relational, relational con- conflict. But you know, we did get we did see that mo- a good majority of our questions came in about those. Yeah. Um, we also got a lot of dating and marriage questions, which we're going to do our own episodes on those. Yeah. But thank you guys for 
interacting in this way and, yeah. and giving us your questions. I would say, please make sure you're following at Cultivate Women on Instagram and Facebook. Yes, we're on both. Um, I don't Facebook, so I never know what's on there. But because, you know, people give them to me, they'll send them to Melody. But what we really want you to do is be sending them to Cultivate and to know this because we want these to be real conversations. Melody and I don't need to sit here and decide what we want to talk about. We want to have a real conversation about what you guys want to talk about. So thank you so much for being a part of that. Thanks for listening along, you guys. It's been so encouraging to both Melody and I and Cultivate, our, yeah. our whole team, about um, just that this has meant something. That's, totally. that's what we want. The truth is if we had margin and capacity and all of those things that we talked about, Mel and I would love to sit down with you guys one-on-one over coffee and have these conversations, but that's not realistic. And But you um, can have your coffee while you listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but this is, this is just our solution to the question of how do, how do we have conversations with you guys, the women of Sandals Church. And I know that a lot of people not Sandals Church even listen to this, but yeah. um, it's our hearts. It's my heart that I feel like one of the things God's called me to do is to help women grow yep. emotionally, personally, spiritually, relationally healthy. And so this is one facet of that. So I love that you guys have been finding it meaningful. Yes. Please continue to listen and share with your friends. Um, we did get questions like Tammy said about dating and marriage, about intimacy. Um, and we are going to tackle that um, in, in a future episode. So please continue listening because we know all of that matters. Um, we love you guys. And we're so grateful that, that you're listening. If you haven't already, um, we want to encourage you to get into the Cultivate Summer Book Club which launches on July 1st. We're going to go through Adamant by Lisa Bevere. All that information is on our website, which is cultivate.sc. We want you to be in community, connecting with other women and connecting with God in real and meaningful ways. Um, and then we've got some super exciting stuff that we're going to tell you about soon coming for the fall. So you don't want to miss out on that. So continue to listen, continue to follow us. And we will be back with you guys again soon. Bye. <laughs>